This is a quick disclaimer. Although the wise investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hey, this is Anthony. And I'm Sal. And you're listening to the Wise Investor Podcast, where we help Canadians become more financially literate one post at a time. This is What They Did Not Teach You in School. This episode of the podcast was recorded on June 13th, 2018. Ready to go? Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School. We got Sal Long over here joining yours truly for our weekly podcast show live whatever you want to call it we've been doing this now for almost a year right uh, 10 months 10 10 months eight months or so we started in like november i would say so today we're going to be talking a little bit about what's going on in global politics donald trump justin trudeau Kim Jong-un of North Korea, some pretty interesting stuff. Does it have to do with anything with us Canadians? We'll find out. And we're also going to be talking about the three things that we think that you should be doing with your tax return that you get at the end of April or June or whatever the case is. So let's go ahead and dive on in. We were just saying before... Uh, Don, are, are we talking about Pusha T and Drake? Yeah, we're t- the new Pusha T and just Drake. Just quickly, who won in that battle? Pusha T or Drake, Alfio? Who won that battle? Uh, Pusha T, Pusha T won. That hurt a little bit. Stay tuned to see if Drake actually has a son. We'll be seeing. We'll be seeing if that releases. <laughs> in in my in my world, the new the real Pusha T Drake battle is uh, Dr- Trump and Trudeau. Very so they've true. been uh, going back and forth. Uh, most people don't even know what's. What's really funny about this world is everybody knows about Pusha T and Drake, but nobody, very little few people know that there was something called the G7 that happened in Quebec last week. Yeah. So the G7, Sal, you want to talk a little bit about what that is? What's the point of it? Yeah, they're, talk, they're talking to um, some of the big economic countries. And yeah, basically so like Europe, just, Mexico, yeah. China. Yeah, different countries in Europe. United States, like Canada. They discuss basically just like economics and, and, you know, their alliances and global affairs because people do businesses with one another, especially in this globalized economy. So those world leaders joined in Quebec, which is pretty, pretty significant. Now, what happened there? I know there was some new beef that was started. So uh, apparently they were talking about like trade and stuff. Particularly with Canada and yeah, the U.S. Canada, U.S. and Mexico. And even like Germany and stuff like that too. Like Angela Merkel and stuff. But really something happened. I don't want to get into it. But like Trump said something to Trudeau. Trudeau said something back to Trump. They got into a little bit of a beef. Of course Trump tweeted about it. <laughs> on like Twitter and like stuff like that. It caused a little bit of beef. Anyway, what's happening, what we saw is that the United States is putting tariffs on Canada and vice versa, which um, caused a little bit of volatility in the stock market over the past two weeks. So what are tariffs and exactly what is happening in order for them, for Canada and the United States to be butting heads is something called the, uh, is NAFTA, something called NAFTA or the North American Free Trade Agreement, which the grade nine definition of NAFTA is, (laughs) Sal? (laughs) I don't know if I did well in that grade nine class, but... uh... From my understanding, it's basically, you know, it's, it's, it's an agreement amongst 
North America, particularly, you know, for Canada, it's, it's usually a lot of our trade is done with U.S. And it allows goods and services to be, or predominantly goods, but some services to be easily traded amongst one another without tax implications. So if you bring in goods, for instance, from another country, typically you'll get taxed by your government. And these, tax are, these taxes are called tariffs, Exactly. Right? So if I were to trade whatever, you, usually if you were to trade with like China, China would put heavy tariffs on like Canada or United States to try and keep, you know, the goods and service jobs inside of China, right? Exactly. So that it's less incentive for Canada to be exporting goods to China or whatever the case That's is. That's right. Um, in 1992, um, Canada, Mexico, and the United States created an agreement called NAFTA, which said essentially that they would have free trade amongst borders. So that, you know, you probably hear a lot that before a car is sold out of a dealership, it crosses the United States and Canada border like 150 times. You know, parts are made here, shipped to the United States, which are built in fact factories, shipped back to Canada to put the engine in, shipped back to the United States for something else, yeah. and then finally so, sold in, the, in Canada at a dealership. So, you know, obviously these, like the agreements they had put in place, they were to promote you know, partnership and strong economic alliances amongst Canada and the U.S. Now, it almost seems, and it's not almost seems, it's true that Trump kind of just wants his economy to produce most of the services and stop a lot of these trading and, and, partners. And the reason for that is because it's true that Canada exports more to the United States than the United States exports to Canada, right? So... Trump's whole philosophy is that instead of, instead of having us buying goods from Canada, let's make them in the United States. And his theory is that that will create more jobs for Americans. He's trying to make America great again with causing a lot of enemies. Now, <laughs> I guess we yeah, can move yeah. on. We're not going to go yeah, into yeah. too much detail. We got How does this stuff. affect Canada? If tariffs, are put, uh, if tariffs or taxes are put on Canada and the United States... For us business owner clients that do exter import and export, that could affect them greatly. It could also affect our um, uh, like our stock market and everything like that because we do export a lot to the United States. It would impact you know a lot of businesses negatively because now they're paying more right yeah. to do business. Our point of all this is that it's important for you guys to know, but we will move on because it's not that big of a deal into your lives. What is a big deal in your lives is the three things that you should do with your tax return every June. So we're going to go through three or April, different... whenever you get it. Whenever you get yeah. it. We're going to give you uh, three tips on what you should be doing. The first thing is obviously to invest it either into your tax-free savings account or your RRSP. There are differences between the two and we'll go through them really briefly. If you put money into your tax-free savings account... You want to explain? It grows tax. Basically, if you put your money in tax-free savings account, it grows tax-free. There's a certain limit uh, on how much you can contribute. I think it's in what fifty. It's fifty-seven thousand five hundred. Something like that. Um, basically, you can't contribute more than that amount. It's a great way to grow your money, and you can always access it at any time. Right now, the other thing that you can do is usually. Um, you make an RRSP contribution and it gives you a bigger tax refund in April or June. Um, you could then take that tax return and put it into your RRSP again, and then you'll have a bigger tax return the next following year. year. Another thing we like to advise is people that contributed to their RRSP that year, a lot of people understand that it'll decrease their tax liability. So I contributed to my RRSP. I'm going to now 
you know, I paid, you know, if I'm a salary worker, I paid all my taxes for that income because my my employer remits it for me. That takes it off of your exactly. uh, your salary. So now that I contribute delivery. to my RSP, I can look forward to my tax refund because now the gov you're showing the government, no, I did in fact pay more taxes this year than what I actually have owed. Now, once I get that RS, you know, that tax return or refund, we call it, what we usually like to advise is putting the excess money not to shoes or whatever, although that's what most of us do, let's be honest, but to put it into our t into a tax-free savings account because that money is you can invest it, it grows tax-free, and you also have the ability to withdraw it, hopefully not for shoes, but for a house or something like that in the near future. Yeah, we do want to say that the RRSP, for you folks that are still looking to buy your first house, putting it into that RSP will go a long way in as a down payment on your first property, something called the first time home buyer plan, which allows you to take up to $25,000 out of your RSP to buy a house. Being in real estate, it is so, so odd to me that I see so many people not taking advantage of the first time home buyer plan. It's literally free year. money. If you put 25K into an RSP at a 30% tax bracket, you know, you're yeah. getting what, $8,000? Eight thousand dollars back in taxes, and then you get to the, use that six thousand dollars to get you closer to a um, down payment on your first house. You know, and so many people don't do it; it's ridiculous. Free eight thousand dollars. Why wouldn't you do it, right? It usually depending because, on your marginal tax bracket. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere from six to you know ten thousand dollars, really. The reason why people don't do it is because they rush into buying that first house because they're so excited and stuff. Take a chill, like a second to chill. Think about how to move money around in the first place before buying that house, yeah. before rushing into it. That's kind of why I'm, I'm always in touch with the advisor as well, you know, and that's why we're, we work together. It's because, you know, if you're looking for a property, odds are you start looking, you're not going to be purchasing it within, you know, the first week or two of looking anyways. You get your feet wet, you know, also say it takes a month or a month and a half, you still have another yeah. you know month two three months a after that to too. close yeah so that gives a lot of time for that rsp money to be vested because it has to be in there for it has to long? it has to be in there for 90 days for so 90 three days. months right so and the, the thing that you should all look out for is that usually realtors are trying to force the sale or make you to buy or whatever the case is quickly and they don't take they don't take a step back and look at your whole picture either because they don't care they just want to make the sale so but before doing that, always like look into, you know, with your financial planner or advisor or whatever the case is to make sure that you're moving around money properly before you make that commitment to purchase a house or to sell a house, whatever Very the case important. is. So the second option that you could do with your, with your tax return is that you can pay off debt. So True. there's usually two options that you can do that we talk about is if you have high interest debt, such as like a credit card or something like that, usually it's like 20% interest. 20% across the board, yeah you got to pay that off right away. So if you have credit card debt and you got your tax refund, pay off that credit card debt. Now, if you have student debt or a mortgage or what we call low interest debt or good debt, you should consider investing that money and making a spread, right? And we've talked this we've talked about this a lot on the Wise Investor. You know, if you can get a 6, 7, 8% rate of return on an investment and your interest is 3, 4, 5%, better off that you invest the money and make the spread between like the 5% interest rate and your 7% in the market, right? If you have any questions about your debt and paying it off, we're really good at helping people pay off student debt, you know, five to seven years faster than they typically can by using different strategies. 
And the third thing, of course, is um, consider investing in yourself. And again, we talk about this a lot here at The Wise Investor. Uh, investing in yourself in order to build something called human capital will actually allow you to make more money in the future. And I'll allow Sal to elaborate a little <laughs> bit on that. Hopefully I don't get too theoretical. So yeah, you know, with human capital, you want to be, you know, everyone knows the skills they need to get to the next level, whether it's whatever career level or just knowledge or your hobby, everyone knows the skills they need. So using that money to buy some books that you've been interested in or a course that you've been planning on taking, but you're always like, oh, a thousand, two thousand bucks, a little bit much can go a long way. So don't see your tax return as it's a whole mindset thing. Like don't see it as just, oh, free money. It's not free money. You overpaid your taxes and you utilize the right strategies. Use that money that is yours and actually invest it in yourself or into something that'll do your good. If some, if everyone out there that, you know, they have one or $2,000, what would be one human capital builder that you would recommend for them? Human capital builder. Hmm. I would definitely say buy a book. Any recommendations? One or two? Um, something that people would read. I would are my That's favorite. A human capital builder. Human capital. I would because we're in because we're in actually in finance. I would uh, tell everyone to buy Money by Tony Robbins. It's not like that self help hoopla that's going to make you do jumping jacks in the morning, but he just talks about you know practical ways to save money and where it should be invested. A lot of the things we talk about in the show, but he makes you understand the psychology. Money is like a five six hundred page book. He has a he has a shorter page. I'm book. glad you brought that up. He has a shorter page. He has a shorter <laughs> book <laughs> called. Uh, he has a shorter book that he wrote, which is like a condensed beginner version of money, which is called Unshakable. Very good. We've talked about it on the show a couple times. Very good book on you know how to be in and invest in the market psychologically and how to like avoid making bad mistakes and investing in proper things. Alfie, any book recommendations? He's thinking of something that's more politically correct, <laughs> yeah. doesn't push barriers too uh, much. <laughs> I was gonna say Pet Cemetery. Sex at Dawn is the most <laughs> okay. highly recommended. Sex at Dawn. All right. Uh, like, I would. I would Good even. I would even say like a trip to Europe to to broaden Truth. your mind, say, or yeah. like a course on uh, learning a new language or something like that goes a long way. You know, especially while you're young in creating human capital for the future. So. Those things aren't necessarily bad, just within balance, right? Like anything. So three things that you should do with your tax refund. One, invest in your RRSP or tax-free savings account. Two is pay off high interest debt. Three is invest in yourself so that you could make more money in the future. Or just live a better life. That's right. Till next time. Until next time, this is Sal Longo and Anthony Sherbalotti. What they did not teach you in school. tuning into this week's episode hope you enjoyed it be sure to follow us on instagram at the wise investor until next time this is what they did not teach you in school we hope to see you soon